0: My goodness, Higgins! Full house today.
1: Yeah, full house. We got everybody. We got everybody here.
0: Got cats. We got dogs. We've got dogs other, with bows on them.
1: Other cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, That's Stephen Reese.
0: <laughs> there are a couple of cool cats and dogs, aren't they? Yeah. Just a couple of dirty, dirty dogs.
1: No werewolves though. But that might be a spoiler.
0: I mean, I don't know. I don't know Olivia that well. So, <laughs> and the full moon's on. It is almost. It's the witching hour here. Yeah. But, you know. More importantly, Higgins, it's podcast time. Woohoo! Welcome, everyone, to the Comicsology Club. It's a podcast where I, Snoop Lunch, and my friend, Stern.
1: Hey, that's me! That's
0: right, he's in the room. We're in the room together, once again, to read a book, to drink a drink, and to talk about all the friends we made along the way.
1: Which are more or less... which are more... It's more
0: than we had. Yeah.
1: I mean, probably Hopefully. lost a few along yeah. the way,
0: but, you know, it's, it's a perfect balance, Higgins. I oh, think. yeah. Yeah. You know what goes well with a perfect balance? A perfect sponsor, which we so happen to have. I'm gonna, oh, yeah. I'm going to get out early, if that's okay. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Perfect. All right. Uh, tell people who sponsors this show.
1: Hey, we get sponsored by uh, 008 Studios. We do. And uh, that's our good buddy, Michael. Michael Lopez. Now, yeah.
0: I noticed that you say good buddy and I say good buddy, but has he ever said good that were good buddies.
1: I don't know. He hugs me sometimes, so I hope so.
0: Yeah, but you pay him for that.
1: Yeah, well, not not the first couple times. Well, no, but I mean, you know, he's leading into it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, now Higgins, people probably can't pay him for hugs, but they could get him to help them. Yeah, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. He uh he gets he get he gives people help uh, getting stuff out there. As far as the content goes, uh, he can help you edit your book. He can help you publish it. He can help you make a game. He can uh, help you do other things. Yeah,
0: it's a real... Just no music. Exactly. It's a real collaborative endeavor, and uh, he's leading the charge. So basically, like Higgins said, you go to 0 0 8 com, send him a message. Be like, hey, Michael, one, do you give hugs? Two, how much are they? And three, I want to create something, but I don't really know the best way to go about that. Well, he's the guy that'll help get you some, if not all, of those answers. So, he's published his own book. You know, it's good. A lot of these these stuffy business types, you know, they're just all words, no action. Michael's not that way. Got his own book, The Eternal Crown, yeah. Dawning of the Red Sun.
1: Yeah, and he's got a couple on the way. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. The, the second one of that, and then a space book. Yeah. And then other ones that we've talked about in the past. Like, there's one about Rhode Island, I think. <laughs>
0: just the population. Yeah. Like, how's that going, you know? Probably not super well but you know he's gonna tell you about it no room um, <laughs> uh yes so michael's definitely the place to go for that really great guy to work with great to talk to great hugger um i think i'll, I'll kill that bit for the rest of the episode though
1: all right yeah. that's good i don't gotta talk to talk about him anymore
0: i mean i i might want to but yeah I, i'll try to re- refrain from that um definitely
1: not his business anymore though no. he only gets he only gets a minute tops
0: yeah yeah um and we've got precious minutes we can't waste talking about this month's book
1: yeah it was a good one
0: it is uh what is this book called
1: this book is called fables and uh you said it was connected to like a uh game that was made
0: Yeah, yeah so uh this is kind of a big now still ongoing universe um this was started back in 2002 by a uh Writer Bill Willingham. We've never talked about him before. I've never known about him until now. Um, As far as the video game thing goes, yes, so there was a video game uh, made by Telltale, who I don't think exists any longer because of weird, probably bad business practices. Um, But they made a a game called The Wolf Among Us. And what I didn't realize is I, I knew it was connected to this story called Fables, which has had glowing reviews since it started back in 2002 but I didn't really know anything else. So that game is a prequel. And this story created by Bill Willingham back in 2002 under the Vertigo imprint, which is another thing that no longer exists actually, ran from 2002 to 2015 for a total of like 150 issues. Oh wow. We're covering the first five, which makes up, I think volume one is called Legends and Exile. Legends and Exiles. Thank you. Yes. So, um, and it's actually come back as of last year for a, what seems to be a limited run. Um, Vertigo, like I said, is no longer around. They got rid of that imprint. We've talked a little bit about Vertigo, maybe even read a book from them once on this podcast. Um, This, as far as I understand it, is their longest ongoing series they ever had and probably their most popular. It's Um, like
1: a DC offshoot, Vertigo.
0: So Vertigo is an imprint started by DC back in the 90s, and the idea was to create more adult, Kind of original stories that they didn't want under the main DC banner. They
1: didn't want it. It's not superheroes, basically for yeah, the most
0: part. It's a lot of uh, a lot of drinking, a lot of effing and jeffing, and they, some
1: some Sandman even. I think
0: that's right. Sandman is probably the other most popular book that Vertigo ever had. Vertigo is a pretty great imprint. I was a little bummed to see it go because that's fair I think twenty twenty or something was when they got rid of it. That being said, it hasn't really been what it was back in those early days. And a lot of it has to do with, I think the books they lost this being one of the big ones it's back now under, um, DC has a new imprint called so DC like, black label, Oh, okay. which is actually, that'll have some, some Batman stories like Batman damned is, I think the first one that they started with that. And that's the one that has Batman's dick in it.
1: Oh, that's exciting.
0: It's very exciting. I mean, he was very excited. Uh, <laughs> I've seen a picture, uh, <laughs> not as impressive as you might think though. For yeah. Movie. I mean,
1: but like, you're not seeing in the dark, so it doesn't have to be that great. That's true. Shadows can be tricky. You know,
0: <laughs> but, um, so yes, they brought this story back. I think it basically just kind of picked back up where it left. Uh, maybe one day we'll get to that. I don't know. 150 issues is a lot. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully
1: we're that around that long.
0: Even if we don't, I mean, we're gonna live forever. Yeah. We're podcasting forever, though, you know. <laughs> uh,
1: that This is this is just a fad, folks. <laughs> it's
0: just a trend. We haven't even gotten to the the uh, the video side yet, so. We're behind on the trend, if anything. Um, but so these first five issues starts it off. And all I knew about this from the game I played and from hearing about it is it's what if your fairy tale characters, what if their stories carried on and in the real world? Like, what if things were gritty and rough and, and edgy?
1: Yeah, so what I like gathered is that they had gotten taken out of their realm where all of the fairy tale creatures were and got sent into the, into our world. Mm-hmm. Because of this thing called the adversary. Yes. And so they get to live in this world but they have rules. And Snow White is the boss. Well, old King Cole's the boss, but Snow White's the the one that runs the show basically.
0: Yes, so uh actually if you don't mind I'll go into a little synopsis oh, which yeah. basically repeats most of what you said, but maybe sprinkle in a few other details. Um so we have here on the back of the book that I definitely bought. Well
1: yeah. I didn't buy it, but it was free on uh Amazon Prime reading, so I I technically bought it. Oh, I, I mean,
0: yeah, I knew that too.
1: Yeah, wink, wink.
0: Um, all right. So when a savage creature, not only as the adversary, conquered the fabled lands of legends and fairy tales, all the infamous inhabitants of folklore were forced into exile, disguised among the Mundies,
1: Mundanes,
0: no Mundies. Yeah, I, I think a Monday is just one. Oh, Mundies, okay. That's, that's it's kind of
1: like Muggles and Harry Potter, basically. Exactly.
0: It's just a you know, it's just racism at the end yeah. of the day. Which I'm against, but you're for. Moving on. Um, uh, so, yes, they live among the Mundy's. their name for normal citizens of modern day New York. These magical creatures created their own secret society, which they call Fable Town. From their exclusive luxury apartment buildings on Manhattan's Upper West Side, these creatures of legend must fight for
1: survival in this brand new world. And our main character is a detective, a yes. grungy detective. And why is he so grungy, Higgins? Well, he's a werewolf, but also, you know, he was the big bad wolf. Exactly.
0: Now he's a big bee wolf I really enjoy that, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like you were saying, uh, these people got kicked out by this character we only know as the adversary. They talk about it a lot throughout this first volume, but we never see any flashbacks necessarily. Um, this is about them trying to pick up the pieces and live in this new world, and some have done well. A lot of them haven't. And yeah. I think what I really like about this is... It, we kind of talked about a book very similar to this not that long ago with um Friday. Friday was a book that okay, let's tell a story about the the Harvey boys or a um Nancy Drew style character but after they hung up the the cape and, and the the hat. Yeah. This is very much kind of the same idea for me.
1: Yeah, I like a good mystery story. Yeah.
0: And it it is that it's it's just Bigby Wolf, the Big Bad Wolf formally, just he's the solve a murder in this first volume. What I really like about this is the passage of time for these characters, it's a big deal because they seem to live forever, and because they've been banished for what seems to be, I guess, centuries, they've changed drastically because we know them as the stories that we read as kids, yeah, like Jack and the Beanstalk, we know Snow White, and she she gets married to the charming prince, happily ever after.
1: Little Red Riding Hood, the Big Bad Wolf, you got all all of them in there.
0: Exactly, and so not only are we seeing what's happening to these characters after, it's long after, where they've had more than enough time to change as people and grow in both good ways and bad ways. Um, The reason that Bill Willingham had this idea in the first place is when he was a um, a child growing up, he would watch shows like um, Rocky and Bullwinkle. And, and uh, okay. you, you know what that is, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I, I vaguely remember it just from like reruns on Boomerang or something. I
1: watched the live action movie they made. I <laughs> a live action movie? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, it was pretty good. Okay. I, I don't know if I'll check that out, but I might at least look at some images to see what they look like.
1: It's like one of those things where like uh, the Chippendale Rescue Rangers came in and they like, superimpose like some 3d stuff
0: new can't just attack the door yeah go on
1: yeah but they uh you know that sort of thing where they like superimpose uh like their like 3d cartoonized like self onto the oh okay. onto the world
0: live action backdrop but still i don't kinda... know if
1: it was danny devito but it was someone short and like stocking. that was like one of the the evil guys
0: i mean you tell me it's danny devito i'll stop recording and watch it right now it might be love that guy um Yes, so Bill Willingham, when he was a kid, he watched that show and there is a segment that I don't remember in that one of those versions of that show called the uh, Fractured Fairy Tales. And basically it was a tamer version of this. You know, it's like, what if I think one that I read about was, okay, instead of waking up Sleeping Beauty, we're gonna build an amusement park around her and make her like an attraction you come and see. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and and this was done in like the the early sixties. So, like I said, very tame, I'm sure, but also back then very strange very weird like you didn't do that with those characters and as a child uh bill Willingham says he asked his mom like hey like how dare they like what's going on and she basically explained like well this is what folklore is it's tales told by people and so they have the right to change and add to these any way they want and he credits that to kind of inspiring him to become a writer
1: it's good that he got to like write on the coattails of stories that have already made been made and uh Got to make something really great out of it.
0: And you could take that
1: one of two ways. is like, oh, it's kind of lazy that he couldn't come up with his own original idea. He, didn't, he definitely didn't take anything from anybody. He just used something that was already in the public domain and made it exciting for us new readers. I agree. And
0: because I, I don't think, as much as I love kind of noir tales and, you know, you got your hard-boiled detective and he's walking down dirty, grimy streets trying to solve a murder... Adding this, this fairy tale kind of aesthetic to it is what drew me to it in the first place. Yeah. Because I recognize those characters, but I want to see like, okay, what have these guys been up to? And what's even more fascinating about this is he wasn't going to pitch this to Vertigo at all. It, he didn't think it was a story they would be interested in. The only okay. reason this happened is he started working for them on, a, I think, some same-man stories, like side stories at the time. And... He was talking to uh, an editor there. Um, I have her name. Let's see. Shelley Bond? Yes, yes, Shelley Bond. So, yes, Shelley Bond was an editor, and I think he just kind of told her in passing, and she said, what are you doing? This is great. Like, let's make this. And it's from all I can read and kind of in interviews and listen about, like, everybody loves this, and it's consistent. He he writes all of this. There isn't a new writer at all in the story. Um, the only thing that does kind of change as it goes is the art. Len Medina does the first five issues we've talked about
1: which uh this is something like I don't see like in like modern comics mm-hmm. most of the time you have a writer and an artist Len Medina is the penciler but yes. then you have someone else doing the inks and, and also the colors. colors yes yeah which is a little separate from what you see normally normally you don't get the inkers separate from the pencilers I don't think
0: I, I don't know a ton about that that world. I, I think you're right, though. I think, especially in modern comics now, I think they basically just get the same person to do, at the very least, the inks and the pencils, and then yeah. they get a colorist. Um, I, I don't know if that's like a budget thing, but um, yes, he he just does the pencils. But I think in the case of this story and how the art is drawn, it works in its own way to have th- him just do pencils because I think he's going more detailed from what I can tell. Like the art in this is. Is incredible just from a detail point of view. There's so many pages in this first volume where you open up on an office, characters are talking, and then you just see all this stuff in the room.
1: He's got like papers on the on the corkboard, like jackets and all sorts of like like even to the trash in the trash can.
0: Yeah, and it's it's incredibly detailed, and there's a lot of fun little Easter eggs from other fairy tale stories. You know, just kind of artifacts from like you might have the the hood from. Little Red Riding Hood's, you know, outfit kind of thing hanging up on a wall.
1: Just in, like, Snow White's office, you get, like, the Golden Goose, like, the Black Knight, like, gargoyles flying around from, like, Wizard of Oz and stuff like that. Mm -hmm.
0: And and I I would think a lot of that is solely due to the fact that he had the time to sketch out that detail and just focus on drawing these, these settings and these characters. And then while he was working on a new page, you know, you give it to the person who's doing inks and then they pass it off to the person who does the color so it's a good little system to get more out of a comic thing you really get in stories today not all the time but like like we the last one we we read was a uh, radiant black and you don't have anything like these drawings in the those stories from that uh that comic
1: what i think it is like the splitting between the pencils on the ink and whatnot and like you can tell like they actually drew it almost and then like had it filled with color yeah is that uh like, all, a lot of the stuff, like, that comes out now is, like, done through the computer a little bit.
0: Digital and streamlined, and yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And, like, with older comics, like, the, the inks make it, like, the blacker blacks, darker outlines, and then the color, like, pops out of that versus, like, just, like, all that meshing together, almost, and, like, some of the newer stuff.
0: I, I, I completely agree. I would, because um, I'm sure we'll come back to at least another volume or two of this later down the road— after this, uh, Medina leaves and kind of the main artist for the rest of this run is uh his name is I think Mark Buckingham. Um he takes over starting with issue six and does most of it to the end. Okay. So I don't I haven't seen what that looks like. I hope though we get kind of that attention to detail and just it works so well when you're reading about characters like this because when I think of these characters, I think of like those older illustrations of like your big bag wolf, like just, there's really nothing like it. And you do kind of get that same atmosphere and vibe off of these drawings. They're just more modernized and made to fit in the setting of New York.
1: Yeah. And so we've been talking about the art. Uh, do you want to hop into like the crux of this story? Like uh, the, the mystery that we're trying to solve?
0: Yes, we, we've got a big mystery. You know, we, we, put on our uh, our little detective hats, we, we get our finest glass of scotch, and, and what are we trying to solve today, Higgins?
1: And what I like about, on top of that, is like I like that we're getting, in these five issues, you said, mm-hmm. we get the whole story from front to bottom. Yep. Kind of like a full-on mystery story where we see the process of him trying to solve it. They kind of give you clues here and there, but by the end of the fifth issue, we know who the murderer was, or...
0: We know the who, what, and why. The who, what, and why. Yeah, yes. yeah. I I agree. That was kind of a nice little payoff. I didn't think we would get in these you know first five issues. I I thought it would at least continue into the next volume. Yeah. Um, which makes it great for us to talk about on a podcast yeah. in case we, we never come back to it. You know, like maybe you die, maybe I die, yeah. maybe murder suicide. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we're trying to solve a murder. Um. Specifically, the murder of Snow White's sister Rose which Red.
1: Is, yeah. Which is. I'm assuming Little Red Riding Hood. I have no idea. <laughs> I I think that might me personally. I think that's Little Red Riding you're, Hood.
0: You're probably right. Honestly, it's the one mystery I couldn't solve. Yeah, because they just kept calling her Rose Red, and and I really racked my brain thinking like, who who is this? I I don't know. Um, yes. So, uh, and it's got that kind of classic, you know, black and white detective noir setup of the detective is just in his office, you know, doing who knows what. And a guy just runs in. He's like, there's a murder. Come, come help.
1: And, yeah, Jack, Jack the Giant Slayer, the yeah. beanstalk man himself. Yeah, Jack's jacked. Yeah. Yeah. They're well, all, they're all pretty jacked. They're looking good. You yeah. Know,
0: for like a thousand years old or whatever they are. Yeah. yeah. I love that setup because it's the tone they're trying to strike with this. And yes, it, it is the modern, you know, it's the modern day of 2002. As we all know, Higgins, like iPhones everywhere, probably. That was um, the
1: other thing I noticed about this, like 2002, like this looks like almost like swamp thing like even earlier days comics the way it looks almost it's it's surprising how much of a jump we get in like maybe the five to ten years that we normally like get our comics from like in the future where it's like i didn't know they looked like this like 20 years ago yeah
0: which uh, you know now that you mention that land medina might have Drawn some swamp thing. Okay, um, maybe that's why I. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll look that up and get back
1: to you. It's throughout. similar, like colors and art and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: it's it's that very kind of just again, it's that grimy New York, and I I, I love it. Everyone's just a real asshole. Everyone's smoking cigarettes out the wazoo, and the setup for this mystery is great, and I love Bigby Wolf. I, I love all the characters and kind of what they do with them, given the time that's passed since they got kicked out of of their original lands to make your main hero technically a bad guy, the villain from the prior stories. Yeah. Like I think it's a, it's a great idea. And what I really like about it is the character progression is done in such a, a subtle way. Even like the way that people treat him, you do have people kind of go by like other fairy tales and just like, they're like, look, out, it's the big bad wolf. We hate you for what you did, but there's not a lot of that. There, there's, you can tell people are just scared of him from, Reading it and just seeing kind of how people look at him when he enters a room, and you can also see that he's trying his best not to let it get to him in a lot of ways. I I genuinely feel that he is a character who regrets what he's done and wants to change, but he also isn't trying to have people forget about the terrible things he did. He 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 accepts that people hate him, and he a part of him I think thinks he deserves it.
1: Yeah, and then like there's like a little piece of that. I don't know if it's, like, one of his best friends or just, like, a friend that he, like, kept along the way or, like, has progressed a little bit, but, like, the the pig in the straw house from, like, the big bad wolf blowing the houses down.
0: Yeah, he's kind of a freeloader.
1: He's, like, a freeloader that, like, comes and, like, gets drunk in town or, like, comes into the city and, like... Escapes from the farm and just, like, sleeps on his couch. But it's just straight up a pig. It's not even a person. It's literally just, like, a full-on, like, honking pig <laughs> that sleeps on his house. Sleeps in his house when he's, like, just left the farm because he doesn't want to be there.
0: Yes, and, and that interaction alone does so much for the world building and for the the character of Big B-Wolf to kind of catch us up to who he is these days because, like you said, there's a farm. So basically... The way that the fables set up this new society when they kind of got banished to New York is, okay, if you look like a human, because they can't let anyone know that they're fairy tales because, you know, too many questions, government involved and all that. So if you look like a human or you can use magic to make yourself look like a human, you can live in the fancy little apartments. However, if you're just an animal, you have to go live on a farm and just pretend to be a stupid animal, which obviously is a horrible system yeah he hates it and and that's why the pig kind of just shows up so i like that okay that's where the rest of these kind of these characters we know are like we don't see the the um you know the three little bears or whatever they are like we don't see any of that because we know oh they're on the farm because they look like animals and, and they're not allowed even though they're not animals they have the intelligence of people they have to just be banished and so that's really sad and it shows just how desperate and terrible things are now in this new this new environment. But also, Bigby Wolf is threatening to kick him out and saying that he'll call the people from the farm to come get him. But he never actually does it because one, he feels guilty because he did blow yeah. down that guy's straw
1: house. But there's a fun joke about that in yeah, there too.
0: And I I love the balance of humor with this kind of just very terrible life everyone's living. Like. There's what?
1: small jokes like that in there too, like, uh, like Beauty and the Beast. Like, it's funny. Like he becomes more beast-like when his marriage is like kind of rocky or something like when that. When they're falling out of yeah. love,
0: yes, because that's the thing that cured him in the first yeah. place. Yes, and again, that's what I love about this this world and letting the time pass by the way it did. I thought that when we start the story, it wasn't long after they ended up in New York, but this has been hundreds, if not thousands of years and granted they don't seem to age or or I guess they can be killed but they don't just die from old age like they're essentially immortal and so yeah what happens to these people when they're forced out of their homes and they can't just be fairy tale characters anymore like Beauty and the Beast have marital problems I think that's it's sad but I think it's funny and it's, it's just a good
1: idea. Well, when you're married for a thousand years, things things come up. And like uh, another thing, like Cinderella's learning how to sword fight because she's got to take care of herself. She can't just stand on Prince Charming, who's a bit of a dick yeah, well, in, she, this, in this uh, new town.
0: Yeah, well, she's divorced from her Prince Charming, and so is Snow White. And oh, I
1: think it's all the same Prince it, it Charming. It might be, yeah. I'm and, pretty sure it's all the same Prince Charming.
0: Yes, and I, I really love the way they break down characters like Prince Charming because... To take that character who in the fairy tales we read was this you know, amazing hero and he's Prince Charming and he, he gets the girl and it's happily ever after. Well, now let's cut to the modern day. He has been banished from his lands and so he has essentially nothing and he has to use that charm to get his way around and his way of getting around is just sleeping with whoever he needs to to get whatever he wants on the day.
1: Yeah, it's like he goes to a diner and like, flirts with the waitress and then she covers his, like, food bill. Yes. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, well, I can, like, hang out with you later. And then he has a place to sleep and he's like, I might be back later if that's okay. He leaves a note
0: saying that he's going to be back later. And also, if she could, it'd be great if he, like, washed his clothes and he also took some money from her purse, which he just admits to. And he's like... I, I thought you wouldn't mind if I took this money from you.
1: <laughs> and the thing is, she probably and doesn't she, mind. And as far as you can tell, she's perfectly fine with it. Yeah. So, I mean, he's scum and
0: it's like, well, he was probably always scum, but he just wasn't put in a position where he had to show his
1: true, his true colors. Yeah. It was and, wrapped up in a pretty bow.
0: Exactly. And you know, that does great. Well, great. No, yeah, You know, it, it does great things for a character like Snow White, who now she is basically the the vice president of this new fable town. And really, the president, because the King Cole guy is just the figurehead. She does all the real kind of enforcing in the work. And you can tell that some bad things have happened to her, and it's changed her in a lot of ways for the better. She's a strong woman now.
1: Yeah, and I like that uh, there's more than a couple jokes where she they're like, just don't mention the seven Dwarfs to her. <laughs> yes, which may or may not be a rumor. It's kind of like, like I'm yeah. sure
0: it is a rumor, but... Just the fact that it makes her as mad as it does is just, it is it is funny. The the comedy in this is very well-timed and paced, and it. Bill Willingham knows how to pick his moments and not lose the tone of the story he wants to tell, and also, like, the mystery it leaves in this first volume alone, like, there's so, even though, like you said, we solved the murder, which I guess we'll get into next, but... Yeah. There's so much left to do with this. There's so many fairy tale characters we haven't seen. What happens to the ones we we did see? You know, they've got stuff going on after the end of this. And what's the deal with the adversary? Like they mention it too much to not come back to later down the road.
1: Yeah, and what's nice about like as far as the mysteries go, he's our main character Bigby Wolf mm-hmm. is a detective, but you can tell that like this mystery that we're seeing in the first issue Is like more or less their like biggest problem. Like they're basically in a small town where murders don't happen. And then all of a sudden they have this gruesome murder of the sister of like the leader of our town.
0: Yes. And it it adds a lot more questions kind of to the safety of the town because I think they mentioned it's like, well, it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been a Monday. Like it couldn't have been a normal person. No one knows about this. Yeah. So it had to have been one of us. And then that adds this whole tension of like, We've been betrayed by one of our own. And again, to do all this through the lens of Big B. Wolf and the fact that he is is even the sheriff, because the thing is, maybe he volunteered to be the sheriff, I don't know. But the reason he's the sheriff is because he's a necessary evil to these, these townspeople. Everybody, except for a select few, Snow White being really the only one, everybody is either scared of him or hates him. However, they need a protector, and
1: he's the best they've got. And what's nice about, like, people, like, he looks like a normal person. He's just a gruff guy. Mm -hmm. But, like, you can tell why they might be scared of him because there's even, like, certain scenes where, like, you'll see him standing and then there'd be a shadow in the background. And you can see, like, his wolf person self in the shadow, but Mm -hmm. it's still a person, like, that you're looking at.
0: Yes, it's it's a fun, clever way to kind of get across to to the reader, like, you should still be scared of this guy at times. Like, we kind of know more about this this guy because he's the main character we're following, but there is a reason that these other townspeople are terrified of him. And just to have him try and make amends for it, to go in this redemption story and it be in this noir setting, I, I love every bit of this. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I guess we can go into the kind of the murder. I have one big note here in all caps, and it just says,
1: yeah, don't I, miss that one.
0: Yeah, that one's important. And it says, ask Higgins about the ending, twist, murder reveal.
1: Okay, so I... Oh, and I'm will, just going
0: to check that off my list so I don't ask it again. Okay, all right. Go on.
1: I will say that this being something that came out in 2002, I had kind of stumbled upon, like, I think I kind of know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing's really leading in a specific way that makes me think it's one person over another. And so I was like... I don't know, like, maybe, like, 75% sure I knew, like, what the ending, not exactly why or what, not the why or what of it, but the who of it, I was pretty sure I had it figured out. Yeah.
0: You're saying, I guess, because since it is as old as it is, and you've read a lot more comics that have come before and after, you saw some tropes that Yeah, the maybe... trope
1: kind of led towards it. Okay. And, like, it was a, it was a murder, and the scene was, like, they talk about, like, the scene and how it led him to get hit to his decision on who it was you could kind of tell like oh this is probably like how it went Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make sense how this went the way it did and stuff like that
0: well tell us higgins how did it go and and
1: who went where do you want do you want me to tell you the ending and then we'll work our way from the back yeah kind of thing
0: i i read it i I think i'm ready for that all right
1: so if you guys haven't read it uh stop now and read the book because this is the spoiler for the ending but
0: uh (laughs) But don't worry, there's like 145 more issues you could read that we haven't, so then you could spoil something for us.
1: It was kind of a like your typical murder one of your one of the typical like murder tropes in this thing, the person that got killed was the person that set up their own murder. They weren't murdered so at all. So they weren't murdered at all. Mm. They just set up a crime scene in order to get money using their boyfriend Jack the Beanstalk, who was terrible with money, <laughs> who's always starting startups that don't work and stuff like that.
0: Yes, he fell. Uh, because this is like early two thousand, so he fell for the uh, the dot com bubble burst.
1: Yeah, and she was also trapped in a marriage because of that money with a uh, a pirate, Bluebeard. I don't really know where Bluebeard fits in the pirate universe, but he's a big bad pirate guy that kills all his wives. Yes, and on he, their on their marriage day.
0: Yes, but uh, you know he wasn't gonna kill this wife because he he loved her or something. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. We don't know. They never got married. Um, yet. Uh, yes. So. Like you were saying, it's not so much the important part is not who done it, because no one done it, but it's it's the why done it, and the why done it is to cover up their losses. Jack's kind of that guy who's just he's always on the latest and greatest trend. Like if he was here right now, or I guess a couple of years ago, he'd be buying up all that Bitcoin just as much as he could. Yeah, yum yum yum. yum. Good um, for him, you eat Bitcoin, right? Like that's how it works.
1: I think that's how you get the money. It's through your stomach. Oh, you poop it out. Yeah, Uh and that's where the money comes from.
0: But it's just little bits, because it digests. Uh Oh, okay, so, you know, the the win-to-loss ratio problem. That's what the Bitcoin is. I don't know why we're doing this. Anyway, um, (laughs) Yeah. so he fell for a scam, and he wants to borrow money from uh, Bluebeard, who is rich, because some of these guys, when they were on their way out, they managed to take some of their riches with them, so they're fine, you know, they're living in apartments that are the size of castles or whatever, like he is, so they get the money from Bluebeard, because he's got a thing for Rose Red, and... Jack's new plan is, hey, like, just tell Bluebeard you'll marry him in a year. I'll make so much money you can pay him back and then call the whole thing off. Well, of course it doesn't go that way, and he loses all the money, and now Bluebeard expects his wife, uh, Rose Red. And so time is running out. The only way to keep this from happening is well, we gotta make it look like Rose Red died. And and I think that leads into the most interesting part of the mystery, which is the part that Bigby couldn't find out in the beginning in that because what I love about the whole like throughout the whole story of Bigby's detecting is it's just walking into a room and accusing people, accusing people. And and I, I like two things about that. I like that. That's is probably how he does most of his detecting. But also he is doing it for a reason because he's just that good of a detective. He knows what kind of went down. He just doesn't know the why. And that's what he's trying to figure out. Everyone's like, hey, who did this? He already kind of has an idea that, okay, she may or may not be dead. That's what he wants to find out. But he does know who is involved. And I love love that part of, you know, because they do the classic, like, everyone's in a room and Bigby's telling the story of what went down. The first thing he says is the beginning of the story where we come in. Jack is running up to the office and he's out of breath. I didn't think anything of it. But then Bigby points out, well, he took a cab and he ran up like one flight of stairs. He shouldn't be as out of breath as he is. So he pegs onto that stuff, and it's stuff like that. It's He goes into the room, and he he investigates the crime scene, which looks brutal, but the first thing he notices is it's weird that whoever murdered her kept her her favorite records nice and neat and not covered in blood.
1: Who scrapped this room but kept the things they wanted nice enough to keep? Yes, and so he...
0: Pegs that early on using you know wolf senses and detective skills,
1: yeah, and that's the other thing like uh he uses his senses he's a big he's he's the wolf he has like you know he can smell really well, he can hear really well he can like feel around and like sense stuff a little bit better than just a normal human detective would
0: it's a shame we don't record video on this because the way you just started feeling around it's very nice yeah. the camera yeah uh but no i I completely agree like he is a good detective using the the skills he has. I like that he is trying to figure out, okay, like what exactly went down and why? That's what he wants to know. And like a lot of these kind of classic detective stories, the answer is a simple one. That was a lot of blood. And he determined that it was all of her blood. And so that's what he wants to find out. It's like, what happened? Like where all this blood come from? If she is alive, which I think she might be. And it's just a simple line that I think Snow White mentions about like the catering tables. Like, yeah, well, they like they stock up food before the big event and they hide it in the kitchen. And that's when he finally puts it together. Oh, they've been working on this for months. She gave up blood bit by bit. That way, when it came time to stage the murder, it was all there and it was already. Yeah.
1: That's what I liked about that. It was something he noticed in the first issue. He noticed that there was a lock on the freezer. And because he noticed that. Thing about the lock on the freezer in the very first issue, he solved the mystery once he got to the end of it. It's like almost like any like um like procedural crime or even like a procedural like doctor show like House or something like that where they're like they get to the end and then they hear like one thing, and that like sparks the final idea in his head and it's like I've solved it now.
0: Yeah, and I think that's because at first when I figured out like oh she's not dead and this was all part of a plan. I wasn't exactly satisfied with that and I thought I was kind of going to be disappointed but they brought it right back around to me when they explain how they set the plan up and and why they set it up you know it's like again hide him for, hide her from bluebeard until you get the money and then it's like magically she pops up hey I'm not dead or whatever like that it was a dumb plan but also they're dumb people
1: <laughs> yeah they're they're dumb and young and in love she's a party animal and he's like a guy that like wants to do all these crazy schemes to get more more money. Yeah,
0: and you know the, even the way they bring it around at the end because it it's like well okay now that we figured out what happened how do we clean this up? They come up with a plan for that. It's like well because there's a subplot going on throughout this where it's like Prince Charming needs to get money. He's out of money, so his idea is well I'll sell my uh, the deeds to my my lands back in Fable Town I don't need them I'm probably never going to get back there but people are going to think that they can get back there and then they'll be rich and and Prince Charming's or whatever so they use that money because Jack is the one who gets that money and they give it back to Bluebeard now you'd think Bluebeard wouldn't be happy with that because he's not but Snow White and Bigby Wolf have already thought, Okay, well, you did say you were going to kill Jack, which is kind of a criminal offense. So why don't you just take this money and just let's let's call it even. And he does it begrudgingly, but he does it. And I I like, you know, it is kind of a neat little bow. And like you said, this whole first volume could just be it. And it, it just it totally works, though, in that way.
1: Yeah, and it makes sense that it does end itself, because he might not have thought that it would last for 150 issues. He might have thought, this might be the only story I get. Yeah. So let me show what I got. Let me show my stuff. But also, uh, Rose Red was really pissed off at Jack that he was so dumb when he did all this stuff, and she could probably use a drink to think about all the stuff that he did. And uh she might even like to drink this drink that we had tonight. I was wondering where you were going with did that. Did you like that that
0: little segue? Higgins, did you think of that little segue when you were in the, the little podcasters room earlier?
1: Yeah, I thought I thought about it a little uh, bit earlier. Right.
0: You came back, your face was beaming, and I wondered why. Yeah. Um yes, you're absolutely right. Tell me about the drink we'd be drinking and the protein that's packed in there.
1: So this uh drink we got, uh Snoop picked it out, uh well before we were we were doing big podcast boy things and we picked stuff well before we recorded this time uh and it's called the big bad wolf and it
0: seemed appropriate at the time
1: yeah, yeah. it sounds good uh it tastes good it tastes good i was really surprised um it's definitely something new and exciting it has orange juice and grenadine which a lot of our drinks have had but it does it in a new twist we get a little bit of a we get a little bit of orange juice maybe an ounce mm. Uh about a quarter ounce of grenadine an egg yolk. and, and no, I'm
0: sorry, Higgins, can you go back and, and say what else was in it? I thought you said egg yolk.
1: And an egg yolk, which I was a little bit skeptical about. I even looked up, is egg yolk okay to consume without cooking it?
0: Well, I mean, Rocky drinks them on the daily, so I think we're fine yeah. to mix a little alcohol in there, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then just, uh, I think it's like an ounce or two of brandy. I think it's two ounces of brandy.
0: I don't even taste that brandy, Higgins. Yeah, I just you can taste, barely taste it. Yeah, I just taste sweet, sweet egg yolk.
1: But that, uh... That egg yolk, um, kind of makes it kind of frothy almost like a smoothie esque kind of texture. Oh my gosh, so so fluffy and light! And yeah. like you can't really taste the orange, you can't really taste the cherry, but all of it goes like so well together. It doesn't make sense, but it makes something like kind of like a almost smoothie kind of flavor to it
0: it does have that texture yeah and it's uh i mean there is brandy in here and i'm sure i taste a little bit of it I- i'm not well versed in the brandy world um i know someone named brandy but i don't think that she's had. and this she's theater. a fine
1: girl yes of course <laughs>
0: make a very good wife she's happily married um but very interesting drink i um i had heard you could have eggs you know things you think like 45 or however many episodes in we would have come across an egg drink before and maybe we did and we were too scared to try it
1: I'm pretty sure that's what it was probably
0: I mean we were young men back then yeah but there's
1: definitely it, one that I saw that had like egg whites in it
0: but that's that might be too that's healthy. even
1: that's even different yeah mixture that, or whatever that's but, a slimier texture I yeah. don't know
0: if I'm ready maybe if we do another swamp thing we can yeah. uh, throw a little bit of that sliminess in there um as far as this goes though very very good um, yeah
1: I'll give it I'll give it I'll give it a a thumbs up for me <laughs>
0: I mean don't let them fool you. There's no thumbs up in the air right now. Well, I already
1: drank. I drank two of them already, so I definitely liked them. Hmm.
0: I mean, there's no thumbs up still.
1: So. Yeah.
0: Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, two. Wow. Okay. Two thumbs up. I stand corrected. Um, I'm going to give this a thumbs up as well. Yeah. Um, he did it. I did it. Because I'm man of my word, Higgins. And I'm also gonna drink the rest of this i got a little bit left i wanted to just do a little sip on it you know just enjoy it for what it is i don't know when i'll make it again um because you know i'm gonna leave the egg at your house yeah and you know if i I have no eggs in my brandy i mean just not for me quite frankly
1: if we had recorded this a week ago we could have made a fun joke about how expensive eggs are but (laughs) i think they're down to normal price now
0: it it was better i got 12 egg for 395 us so that sounds
1: good i think people were paying like eight dollars like A month ago. Higgins, let me
0: tell you that I went to a store a month ago, and there were so many old white ladies complaining about the price of eggs.
1: (laughs) And whatever that means. You know, like,
0: they're right, I guess, but still, like, come on. They're not not paying that with their money, are they? Yeah. I'm just kidding. I mean, old old women can have their own bank accounts, I think. It's 2023. Yeah, it's not illegal anymore, (laughs) Yeah, as far as I know. Um, So, yes, very good drink. I would recommend it. And if you want to make this drink, guess what? recipes down in the description link so check that out thank goodness yeah get some egg in you you know this would probably be a good that's a
1: good that's a good uh that's a good catchphrase do you want to just say that every episode get some egg on you
0: (laughs) i do like it yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see i already have a catchphrase so uh, I'll workshop it.
1: Maybe that'll be your new cheers. Oh, I do love that. Yeah. At the end of the every every podcast, get some egg in. Yeah.
0: Do I need to like get an egg in me when I say <laughs> it? Or no, I don't think you would have to. Well, Higgins, hey, I mean, that'd be a bit of a hypocrite <laughs> if I didn't. So, I mean, more eggs you got? I got, I got uh, six, six. I, I got six episodes. I can get eggs yeah. in me. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm well on board. Uh, I was also well on board for the story. I don't think I have too much left to to really talk about I kind of jumped all around and rambled a lot so I'm sorry to both you Higgins and and anyone listening I think that's Um, how
1: we've wanted to talk about things here lately I don't want to we've been trying to get away from just giving you guys a long running synopsis
0: yes yeah and also like when you have a story like this that does have so much going on in the foreground and and the background like there's just so much going on with this that I think in worse hands, wouldn't work at all. One more thing I'll say about it is, it does have that that gritty noir kind of tone with fairy tale characters, but it's not gross. I, I think they strike a very good balance with kind of all right. Let's bring these kids fairy tales into you know the adult modern world or whatever. But it's not like like I'm not turning the page and watching every fairy tale character bang the other one or like get high on heroin. You know anything like that? It it, it is. It's dark, but not grotesque.
1: Yeah, and the only other thing I have to say about it is, like, I like the mystery trope where, like, we see him confront all of the potential vit- victims, and you're like, I could see it being Jack, I could see it being Bluebeard, I could see it being who's and what's it. And, like, that's you see that in, like, a lot of mystery things where you're like, oh, yeah, like, they found this one thing, and it really does look like this one character might have done the murder. Yes, like
0: everyone has the
1: the the murders. Everyone has their murders and who's and what's and why's. Yes, and I like that. But it's about how you feels at the end on, of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and
0: I feel pretty good and so good, in fact, Higgins. That uh, you're I'm, gonna give it
1: a rating. I'd love to give it a
0: rating. Oh, uh, just real quick, there is a little blurb in the uh the volume I read. That's like it's it's real words, no pictures. I wasn't happy about it at first, but it's a little prequel about how Big Bad Wolf and Snow White meet. So if you want to know a little bit more about that. Give it a read. Oh yeah, there's there's yeah.
1: maybe a little love story between him and Snow White. It's just a budding romance and maybe yeah. it's
0: just one sided, you know? Like
1: we'll they see where look, it goes. They both look like they might have might have liked it by the end of the fifth issue. I mean, they're certainly not
0: against it. Yeah. Him more so than her. But yes, uh anyway, for all the reasons that Higgins and I both said, I think this is definitely worth a read if you like this kind of idea. Um and so for that reason, I am going to uh hand out ten deeds. To uh, ten of the fabled lands, um, and also maybe just kick Prince Charming down to a ditch. I don't, like, yeah. I don't get a good vibe off that guy. I don't like yeah. him at all, quite frankly. But I like this book.
1: It's not Christmas, but I can't think of anything else good for it. But I don't know what the is. It ten dancers dancing. <laughs> I'm gonna do ten dancers dancing,
0: but they're all fairy tale characters. Ten of
1: leaping or something like whatever the tin one is. I'm saying ten out of twelve.
0: It makes sense if it was nine nights of a- sleeping. Yeah. But I also don't know if that's the case, you know, who knows. Yeah, I don't know. Um So yeah. I'll, I think general
1: consensus. Very good. Yeah, and then I'm going to uh, do a little thing uh Rip 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 I don't know if this fits in that uh specific thing, but uh
0: I don't even know if I know what you're doing, so Please I, uh, keep
1: talking. We said at the in the last Episode that I was going to read uh, a lot <laughs> yeah. of Radiant Black stuff, and you did. <laughs> and I, I didn't, I didn't read as much as I wanted to, but I definitely bought a lot of the Radiant Black stuff. I, and I th- uh, honestly,
0: Higgins, I think that's the part they care about more—is that you bought it.
1: <laughs> and uh, I read like a good bit of uh, some of the side stories, and I will say, this is all I'm going to say. It's not going to be a big review. I read some radiant red. I read some uh, like the one-offs in the image anthologies, and I read some more of the radiant black stuff. Oh, okay. I like where it's going. Interesting. The first it, the first volume might have been a little bit uh, rough around the edges, but they're figuring out their stride for sure.
0: Okay, and, and this is all part of what is it called? The, the massive the verse. massive verse. Okay. Yeah, so I you...
1: followed the massive verse on uh on Reddit, so I know the reading order and that sort of thing.
0: You got to with that many that many books and how big they are. I mean, like, do you need help when you read all those books since they're that massive?
1: No, no, I I just use both my hands and it's plenty enough room. OK, I mean, like, but if you, you know, you know, you can call on me
0: at any time. I'm a little farther away than I used to be. But like, I'm, I'll drive over here in a heartbeat. Yeah. help you hold that book. I don't care. I'm not going to read it, though. Um, that is, I'm glad that you're you're enjoying it though and it is getting better it sounds like yeah um
1: the radiant red stuff's very fun and i think that's the part of radiant black that we like the most anyway. so it makes sense yeah it makes
0: sense to me as well um i i same i think if i was gonna go back on any of it it would probably i would start with the the side stories just to one get a better sense of what is going on in this bigger universe this massive verse if you will higgins but also like i just i like those other characters more i think
1: yeah. And so I'm gonna hop into something else. I haven't really put it together yet, but we'll make we'll make up a theme song for it. We haven't really had to do it yet, but emails, emails. Let's get into those emails. That probably sounded terrible. No, it sounded no. bad in my ears. No, but honestly it was one of your best ones, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But uh So what do we are we, just, we have an email.
0: Oh, that's what we do in this segment. Yeah. Oh.
1: We have an email and like we're excited about it. I'm p-
0: so excited! I'm not gonna
1: lie to you. I haven't signed into the email. So if you could read it, that'd be super cool.
0: I mean, like, did you at least reply to the email yet? I haven't done that yet. Hang I to... I forgot. Hang on. I'm gonna pull up the email. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna respond to the email somehow. I don't yeah. know. Or it, at the very least, you can tell me what you want me to say in the email reply.
1: I honestly forgot that you sent me the logins for it. That's and then I was like, why'd Snoop not send me the logins for it? And then I looked back and saw that you did do that.
0: And this is the second time that you've said those exact words. Yeah. <laughs> because I really wish you would have given me a heads up. I could have had this pulled up already. Yeah, no, no. I,
1: I was trying to be like uh, fancy. I, I, that makes sense. All right, I, wait, I, wait, hold on. I got a better idea. Emails, emails. This is what dreams are made of.
0: That is better, but I don't think we can use it for copyright purposes. You think? I don't know. I mean, is Hillary Duff going to come and beat me <laughs> up in my own home? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I've got the email pulled up right here. Uh, do you want me to read it? And then I'll reply for you. Yeah, you can do that. Okay, this is great. I, I'm sure everyone loves this. Okay, so we got an email. Uh, first of all, sorry for the the late shout out because this was sent to us back in December of last year.
1: Yeah, we're coming up two months short. That's not, that's fine.
0: I'm doing a better job getting back to this person than I do other people in my life. So yeah. Um. Anyway, so this is from uh someone I think you know. Yeah. Uh, Zachary Miller.
1: Yeah, it's uh just one of my buddies from the old church that I used to go to.
0: And, and you taxed him and confirmed. like Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Excellent. All right, well, Zach, or I don't know him. I guess I don't know him that well. We'll say Zachary, uh, said this. That's Zach. Well, I mean to you, but I've never even met this guy that I know of. Anyway, Zachary said this, short-time listener, first-time emailer, long-time friend. To you, I think he means. But he could also be my long-time friend. Yeah, he could be it. I feel like we've been friends for a really long time, at least since December 15th when this was sent. Anyway, he says, howdy boys, just listened to your Xmas ep and wanted to drop in to say thanks for the show. Growing up, I didn't have a serious interest in comics. I think coming from bad cash grab, lackluster superhero movies... So, like, basically any movie that came out last year. Just Black them though. Yeah. I haven't seen it.
1: Anyway. um, I no, saw it, most of it. I fell asleep 30 minutes before the end. <laughs> I guess that could be any movie you're talking yeah. <laughs> about. Uh,
0: anyway, he says, it wasn't until high school, parentheses, a decade ago, shown his age a bit, but you know what? Respect. Um, And later that I had really overcome my dislike and aversion to the media. Having only read a few Frank Miller Batman stories, I still feel like someone on the outside looking in. However you both have helped me crack the shell I feel preventing me from getting into comics I've even purchased some comics after listening to an episode for instance Spider-Man Life Story really like that one good oh, choice yeah. Yeah. yeah good choice excellent choice um, he says thank you for making it easier to get into this type of media with an analysis that helps bring out a spark of interest in something I would normally not read so here's my numerical very serious calculated review do you mind giving me a little bit of a drum roll alright that's enough that's enough that's enough. See, even Charlie said it's enough. She putting her paw on you. Uh, he says three bananas for the oh, show. So, that sounds
1: exactly like what we normally say. It sounds really good, actually.
0: And he also put the banana emojis. So, oh, that's good. Yeah, he went the extra mile, which is more than you've done by not responding to his email. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no. So, uh, Zach, thank you. Re- really. Uh, oh, and the subject line says a non Apple review. I'm not as happy about him not reviewing it on Apple, but he might have an Android. So, yeah. I'm just going to assume. We'll give it to him. Yeah. And, but. More importantly, again, thank you very much for a, a very well thought out and great email, I think.
1: Yeah, I know we've gotten emails from Brian before, but this one feels like the most heartfelt one we've gotten so far. I mean, it's certainly the one with the most emojis we've ever gotten <laughs>
0: before, so big, big thanks there. Um, Yes, yeah, so uh, Higgins, now I'm going to, because you've been putting off for too long. Oh, it does say sent from Yahoo on Android. That's why you can't review yeah. it on Apple. Oh, I solved that mystery. Um, All right, I'm going to respond on the podcast what do you want me to say doesn't have to be much but it's going to be something
1: it's like thank you so much for uh, listening to our episodes I'm glad we've sparked a love for something that we love so much
0: because you're going to have to to type this later because yeah. I, I don't type that fast but keep going
1: and I love you and the, we love you Oh, I love you we love you keep listening please <laughs> and then uh, tell your friends to email us too
0: yeah, or, you know, just live your life. I don't, I don't really care, but yeah, uh, okay. as long as you're happy, Zachary, that's that's what matters to me. And uh, yes, so I, I think that's the only email that we have for yeah. right now. Um, but if you would like to email us like Zach did, uh, Zachary, sorry, we're not there yet, um, you can. I will leave a link to our email address.
1: Yeah, and we'll wrap that up later, but yes. for now, dun 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 Readings for squares. Higgins, we're just jumping segment to segment. Yeah, we today. have so many segments this time, folks. We yeah, haven't had to do this many segments in a long time. It's been so long
0: since we've even podcasted, honestly. Yeah. Um, happy to be back. Yeah. Uh, Higgins, now this segment, refresh my memory. What do we do?
1: We uh, talk about stuff that's not comics or reading that we've done. And um, just so you know, like maybe not everybody that listens to us likes comics. They just like listening to our words. I don't believe it. So uh, maybe they. Maybe they just want to hear about our thoughts about other things.
0: Okay. No, I actually do believe that because most people who tell me about them listening to the show saying...
1: I don't care about comics. I just want to hear you guys say words.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's basically... Yes. That's exactly what people say. Yeah, uh, They they like it when we talk about some other things. So what's some other things you would like to talk about?
1: Uh, you know, I w- I've seen a lot of stuff lately. I've seen uh, more than a couple movies look that at, I would love to talk about. Look at Big Man on
0: Campus over here just watching things left and right.
1: Um, I'll tell you one thing that I've watched that I'm not going to talk about right now. I watched the movie everything everywhere all the time and it was lovely.
0: Everything everywhere all at once?
1: All at once. Okay. Yeah. Whatever that's called. Uh, I was... say it wrong every time I say it.
0: i was just make sure we were thinking of the same. Movie. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, excellent. You did watch it.
1: I did watch it. We're not going to talk about it. I'll talk about it next episode because I want to talk about something more prudent to what we've talked about today. Oh, okay. And I saw a glass onion and knives out story. Which is another mystery movie on the Netflix with uh, Benoit Blanc. If you've seen Knives Out, it's the same mystery uh, solver that we get with Daniel Craig. And uh, he's jumping into a mystery where uh, Edward Norton is a a raging billionaire and he wants to have a fun mystery party with his rich friends. And uh, things kind of go amiss. It's him doing his normal thing where you're like, same kind of aspect is like what we talked about in this podcast where you're seeing everything unfold he like approaches different people and what like their mysteries are and then you get to see like his process of solving this mystery that like happens and he's like a louisiana boy and he talks like that he has a very fun accent i recently saw that like he mentioned that benoit blanc is a is a gay man they don't talk about it in the movie so much, but he talks about his partner, I think. And uh it's his partner's
0: uh his partner's Hugh Grant. Yeah. He's uh yes, uh there's a scene early on in, in this movie where uh, a guy answers the door and that's apparently his partner. Yeah, I didn't catch that at first either. Anyway.
1: If you've never seen any of the Knives Out stories, they are some of the best mysteries, like Agatha Christie esque mysteries that you can watch in a like a recent day, basically, and I don't know if they're based off of anything specific. It might just be I, as far as I know, it's just a new creation of a mystery solver,
0: yes, um, so these are both written and directed by uh director Ryan Johnson, who, as most people know and hate him for, made the last Jedi a few years back um. So he made the Last Jedi.
1: I had a lot of fun with that movie. I don't really care about Star Wars that much, though.
0: I found myself becoming an apologist for that movie. I don't like that, <laughs> but yes, uh, maybe we'll talk about that one day. Um, anyway, uh, after he did that movie, I think he kind of just wanted to do his own thing, and
1: honestly, it's probably for the better. Um, he's a very good mystery writer. He, he's he's a good director. I I I don't or, love oh, I don't know if he wrote it. I guess, but I, he's I a very he good mystery director.
0: Yeah, uh, I I think he he wrote these, but he's a solid director and to see daniel craig do something he wants to do versus something he is contractually obligated to do there's a big difference in his performances i think daniel craig is probably one of the most underrated actors we have right now as far as like your leading men goes like people know daniel craig you know he's james bond like they know that but i don't think most people kind of pay attention to the stuff he does that isn't james bond
1: I love Daniel Craig in anything but James Bond. He's so quirky and weird, and like all of the other stuff he does. Mm.
0: Yes, he's uh, cause is not the same kind of character. Honestly, a bit more kind of eccentric and yeah. animated. as uh, he's a character in that he plays in um Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky.
1: Yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah, where it's like he's kind of the same in both the Knives Out stuff and that, where he's just like just really loud and like fun and like. Just super, super, super quirky yeah. liking the stuff that he does. Mm-hmm. Lots of catchphrases. I
0: like uh, the character of Benoit Blanc a lot. That's the only kind of if you've seen the first knives out and haven't seen Glass Onion, it's the only carryover from from that first movie. He's the only one that, that shows up. Yeah. Um and I, I and I think this is kind of a common criticism. I don't think that the um the ensemble cast around him is quite as as compelling.
1: Except for God dang, Dave Bautista is like one of the best wrestlers turned actors I've He's ever good, seen. Yeah.
0: Um, it, it's still a really good cast. You have a uh, like you said, Ed Norton kind of plays this, I guess, Tim Cook esque yeah, billionaire, well, yeah, yeah, billionaire Apple billionaire Apple guy. Yeah, um, and then you have Dave Bautista, uh, Kate Hudson, who I yeah. completely forgot existed, yeah. shows up in this. She's really good. Um, I can't remember her name right now, but she plays a uh, Colleen Wing on Iron Fist and some Defenders Netflix stuff. Yeah. Really, just a really good cast still on this new one, um, but the main kind of pull is Daniel Craig's Benoit Blanc. He, he's like you said, he's that best interpretation of a modern Agatha Christie esque detective story that we've gotten to today. I think
1: I'll say that I think in Knives Out he's a better detective, but I think The Glass Onion is a better mystery.
0: It, it's certainly more fun to, yeah. to watch unfold. Yeah, and I, I like the kind of the the setup for it is it, well parts of the setup I like parts I don't but like
1: he's he, not supposed to be there it, technically yeah
0: it's kind of an accident and he, but he's excited because he's been bored he hasn't done anything and so yeah. the second like this isn't spoiling too much but basically part of this party that he goes to with, with Ed Norton and everybody else there is a murder mystery esque kind of setup for it like a, a fake one and he's just excited to do that. <laughs> like just to see him go through the motions of like, well, it's like he solves it immediately. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of
1: like a, like a Robert Downey Jr. Like Sherlock Holmes thing where he like explains it like before it happens.
0: Yeah. It, but he's the fun part. Isn't like finding out like, Oh, this is what was meant to happen. That that's not what, cause it's ruined by him. But the fun part is just watching how excited he is. Putting it all together and explaining it because that's what he loves to do. Now, the reason he hasn't been able to do that, I don't love as much. And it's the pandemic again.
1: Yeah. I, well, that's going to happen in a lot of things, I think. Well, this was filmed, as far
0: as I understand it, this was filmed during like the height of the pandemic. I don't necessarily think you had to write that in there. Yeah. Because the way that it plays out early on in this movie, you could take that, that little element out. And it does not matter at all because of how they get around it later on. Like it it's not important. But I guess they just wanted to do it because that's what was happening at the time of, of filming.
1: Yeah, um, it was just on the people's mind, basically. Yeah.
0: But other than that, like yeah, just it's on, they're both on Netflix as far as I understand it. Like just really, really fun films to watch if you like this this murder mystery thing.
1: Yeah, basically what I'm saying is I would watch four to five more Benoit Blanc mysteries if they made them and they were compelling I think I might change my tune after (laughs) like two if the other two suck but like I like him as that character a whole lot
0: yeah and so far a good track record yeah I I think we're supposed to get at least one more I I think it's Contracted.
1: Same thing as like the what? What was that one on the train? That was like the Agatha Christie thing. Like they've been doing a lot of these mystery movies here lately: Death on the Nile and stuff like that. Yes, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm loving these murder mysteries. Yeah, because I'm not going to read an Agatha Christie book. <laughs> I just don't have it in me.
0: No, but you'll watch Kenneth Branagh put on a really weird looking mustache and and solve that Agatha Christie yeah, uh, mystery. Just, yeah,
1: just put Dave Bautista in like the 30 more movies. Where he's not a green guy. He's on track. He's on yeah. track. I mean, he's about to be a he's green guy ca- again He's in an M. Night Shyamalan movie that I haven't watched. Oh, yes. Him and Ron Weasley. Yeah. yeah. They're knocking at
0: that cabin how many times? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess till someone lets him in. Yeah. I'm, I haven't seen it. I don't him. know
1: what it's about. <laughs> I,
0: don't, I think someone knocks at the cabin, like, asks for directions. Well, there's and an then apocalypse or something it's, like that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you can never know with that guy. He's always twisting things, isn't he? Yeah. Um, unless that's the twist. It, I, I, with every M Night Shyamalan movie that comes out or is coming out that I hear about, I'm waiting for the twist to be that there is there is a twist. No twist, yeah, and he hasn't done it yet. I'm just I'm he's gonna catch me off yeah. guard one of these days. Um, cool. Well, I'm I'm glad that you watched that. I uh, it's been a minute since I've seen it, but just always fun to talk it about. Was fun.
1: Uh, you see anything? Do you watch anything? You play anything that's super interesting?
0: Well, Higgins, I wish I could tell you. I've been playing so much Hogwarts Legacy that I want to kill myself, but I Have haven't. You? No, no, I do you haven't. Want, do you
1: want to play it?
0: I don't know yet. I, I I look at gameplay and I'm like, this looks beautiful. It
1: looks like uh, Magic. Uh, if, it, if I'm being honest, it looks like Magic um, Assassin's Creed. It, it seems to have got... Well, Which is, it's an Ubisoft game, so that makes sense, right?
0: No, it's Warner Brothers.
1: Oh, yeah? Yeah, so it's made by the people... That made uh, Arkham Asylum and all that? No,
0: uh Probably some similar teams, but I believe it's made by the people who made those Lord of the Rings games a few years ago, maybe. Oh, Shadow. Um, Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor kind of thing. So it it does have a similar-ish similar combat kind of system. Honestly, like the main selling point, which is what people seem to be liking and I'm glad is the exploration. Like People just love going around that castle. I was going to get it, but then I heard there was no Quidditch yet, and I'll just wait till there's Quidditch. Um, Also, it's not multiplayer. I thought it was. It's not. Oh, okay. Um, That's something I could talk about, and I'm probably... Not that great way, but I'll talk about it because I kind of want to talk about it a little bit. Um, I tried to play a multiplayer game recently, and oh yeah, I, yeah. So I uh, I got Gotham Knights on a uh, PlayStation.
1: I heard that's a, a god awful game. <laughs> so,
0: here's the thing: it's complicated, and it's not complicated. But the issues that I have with it, and most people have with it, are totally warranted. I think. Basically, for anyone that doesn't know, last year there was a Gotham Knights game, which is about.
1: It looks so cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a cool idea. You've got the Bat family, so like your Robins and your Batgirls and your, your Red Hoods.
1: Which I love. And if you're a longtime fan, we had a podcast where we talked about all of these DC boys. Mm, we did. Red Hood, it's, we were reading that it the It's pretty time, much yeah. gone. It now
0: doesn't exist anymore, yeah.
1: Oh, I think there's a few episodes, just because those are the free ones, but... Oh, I thought you meant like the DC stuff that was happening D- at the I'm time. talking about our DC Rebirth comic book podcast that we uh, used to do. Yeah, recording your parents' basement. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Different times. Uh, yeah, but anyway, this game, in concept, should be amazing. And in concept, it is amazing. You get a multiplayer game where you join up with at least, I think, one person, maybe it's now up to four. I don't know, but you get to play as Robin. Your friend plays as Batgirl. You go around Gotham City. You beat up criminals. You, you fight get Harley Night. Quinn.
1: You get Nightwing and uh like Red Hood and uh that yellow and black guy that I don't know. He's the robot Batman.
0: No, all right. So it's as of this moment, it's Nightwing, Red Hood, who is the second Robin, Jason, Jason Todd. Jason Todd, um, the third Robin, Tim Drake, who is just Robin.
1: Wait, who's Nightwing though? Dick Grayson. All right. There you go.
0: Yeah. You're not going to slip me up. Right? I know this stuff. I know, I've got way more important things I should know that I don't because I've I've dedicated my life to knowing this stupid stuff. And then Barbara Gordon is Batgirl.
1: So you pick one of those. Your so she's not Oracle in this, huh?
0: I don't think so. No. Okay. But the, the premise is Batman dies and now it's up to them to to protect the city. And you do it with a friend, which should be amazing. And the thing is it doesn't have to have much going on but the little it does have paired with kind of the inexcusable issues it has it's just a real bummer so basically i got this game so i could play a game with my brother cuz i live farther away now and i was like i've been looking for a multiplayer game i heard it wasn't great but i heard yeah. that you can play it i'm like perfect i get it i don't know if this is just a playstation thing but as of right now this game came out like 4 months ago and and still to this day you can't play in a multiplayer session for more than 10 to 15 minutes and then the servers disconnect and it kicks you out
1: and you have to reconnect. No, that sucks. It's unacceptable. and yeah, especially in this day and age where like they should have had this figured out by now.
0: Especially when it's the sole reason for this game existing. Like, I've had Batman games. I've played Batman games. Those Arkham games are, are really fun. And if I wanted to play just a single player version of that, I would go back and just replay those games. This, this whole point, of playing this game was to play with a friend and I can't even do that and it's not just that like it does have like there's frame rate issues as far as like it, it can only go up to 30 frames now that's not a deal breaker for me necessarily and most people probably yourself included like either don't notice or just don't care and, and honestly I wouldn't care either but paired with the fact that I can't actually do the thing that I wanted to do with it it's just it sucks and I was really looking forward to, to just having a multiplayer game because there are tons of multiplayer games coming out every year, but there's not a lot these days that are, are strictly kind of co-op based. Yeah, two person. Yeah. yeah, like I could play, I could play Call of Duty with my brother, but, but that's it's,
1: it's not a story exactly, and it,
0: it's clearly I don't I feel like that whoever started developing this went in with the intention to make that kind of game of like we're gonna make a great story, we're gonna Let you play with a friend.
1: Like an army of two that we did back in the day.
0: Exactly. And I think that's what it started out as. I can kind of see little elements of the care that was going into it early on. And then someone came in and was just like, well, we're going to mix that part in with the usual kind of like multiplayer, like loot system, Destiny style crap. And it's just a real shame to see it happen to something like this because you don't need it. It's a Batman game. Just have cool Batman stuff
1: and let me. Just have a cool Batman stuff and I have just have cool Batman stuff and a cool story. Exactly and and like we don't get to see these characters enough. It's nice to knock Batman off and show us all the cool stuff that these side characters can do. You're
0: absolutely right. I mean, the thing about Batman is, you know, people always say two things about Batman. They love his rogues gallery and they love the Bat family, and he's got a great list of characters that kind of get their their. Time to shine in the comics, of course, but not in a lot of other media because there's not as much money in it.
1: And and people just don't know about them.
0: Exactly. And so here's a chance to get people who are, you know, maybe don't know a lot about Batman comics, but But just like games. games. And they're like, oh, cool. Like, I probably didn't know that there was a, a Red Hood or a Tim, like a third Robin or whatever. All they better know
1: about the Red Hood.
0: Yeah. That eh, Probably do now. He's pushed pretty heavily. But, like, Tim Drake, I love, and not a lot who's of people kinda
1: con- Who's Tim Drake's, uh,
0: Is like... When he grows up? Yeah, when he grows up
1: and becomes a person. So he
0: becomes Red Robin. Oh, okay. Yum. Yum. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, like, it, it's just a real shame, because it could have been something not great, but it could have been something fun and enjoyable, and uh, right now it's not. So I, yeah. I, I kind of pop back in every now and again to try it, and it just still...
1: Hopefully they'll give it the red the the Witcher treatment or the you know the uh, the other uh, cyberpunk treatment and like actually make it a game worth playing. Well,
0: that's the thing is it's kind of the only hope for it right now. But that brings attention to which is an issue people have been talking about for years is that's not the model that games should be made on now. Like okay, we're gonna release this game that's broken and not really playable in the way that it's intended to be played. Yeah, like sure, just charge people money and bring it out like no maybe push it back which they already did once before and just at least fix that part fix it where the multiplayer is flawless the thing is the other issues i have with it like the loot systems and all the points and like i can move past that if i can do what i wanted to do and that's just play with someone yeah. but i as of right now i can't so anyway that was uh that was the segment where i just complained about a thing um, <laughs> hey man,
1: we do, we we give the bad and we give the we give the good. Yeah, I mean at I, least we gave the good for the comic this time, so yeah. you could give the bad for the other thing.
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk about some other stuff, but I don't want to like spoil it for you or anybody else. Like, I, yeah. for instance, I saw the whale, the movie with oh, Brendan I would Fraser. Love to see that, and I won't talk about it because I think it's amazing, and you should just experience it for yourself. But I, right. I really really liked it. Um, maybe when it comes out on at your local video store, Higgins, and you pick it up and yeah. watch it on your VHS, we can uh, talk about it then.
1: All right, sounds good. Maybe mm. next maybe next month. Maybe. I don't know. I don't um, know.
0: Um speaking Oscars
1: of work. that, um cat. New cat. Speaking of that, I told you what we were listening to. Do you want me to tell tell uh, the rest of the folks what we're gonna be uh What we're listening to? Uh reading, I'm sorry.
0: Wait, am I reading or listening? I can We're only gonna, gonna do be one.
1: Re- we're gonna be reading it. Oh man, I'd rather
0: listen. But all right, fine, go ahead.
1: Uh for for next month, uh we picked a fun one. We've been doing a lot of you know, dark gritty stuff superheroes and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh I picked this new one. Um there's this movie coming out called uh, Cocaine Bear and I thought nothing better to pair that with than uh this uh comic book called uh Shirtless Bear Fighter that me and you both kind of loved when it first came out. <laughs> we talked the,
0: about it when it was first released, yeah.
1: Which sounds like I read the first I think I've read the first volume already, but I've forgotten everything about it, so it'll be fun to go back into it. I mean
0: I assume it's about a shirtless bear fighter. So. Shirtless
1: bear fa- fighter volume? A shirtless one. bear fighter. Yeah. F- fighter, sorry guys. <laughs> Apparently there's shirtless bear fighter two, which is like a completely different different story. Oh, okay. I didn't know anything about that, but we're reading the first one.
0: That's right, we are. Yeah. Um I don't know I already ordered of... it. Nice. I don't know really anything about it as far as who wrote it and why, but I would love to get into that next episode. Yeah, it'll be a
1: fun one, guys. Yeah, it'll
0: be super fun. Um I think for now though it might be time to close up shop.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find me on the first one at uh, Mike Higgins 93 and Instagram at Jsterm 93 You can find uh, Snoop over here at Instagram at Snoop underscore Lynch. And you can uh, email us like our friend Zach Miller did on zero dash zero dash eight studios. No, no, try oh, no sorry. You um, got
0: this. You got this. Come on.
1: You can email us again at uh, ComixologyClub at zero dash zero eight studios at dot com. Sorry, you're
0: having, it's it's a lot. You're having trouble, and that's fine. Uh, luckily, though, for you, you can uh, scroll down to the bottom of the description at, of this episode, or probably some previous episodes, and click on the link. It takes you right there to an email. Off to the races.
1: You can also leave us uh, reviews and ratings at uh Hopefully, apple.com because that's where the reviews are. And then uh, anywhere else you leave ratings is fine by us, and we'll take all of the five stars that you give us. Oh my gosh. But I mean, because we're a perfect podcast and <laughs> you would never say anything different.
0: That being said, I mean, times are tough out there, Higgins. So if you only we'll have take three four. stars to yeah. give, it, like we get it as well. Yeah. Anything yeah.
1: better than one or two, it's fine.
0: Honestly, I'd take the one, but just yeah. make sure in that review you point out that one star for me and not yeah. Higgins. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll share it with you, though.
1: Yeah, a half. I'll ha, start a star piece. Yeah, we'll start you at a quarter. Okay. Yeah,
0: no, that's fine. Um, yes, Higgs. I
1: think that's everything that we need to talk about. Um, uh, be sure to check out uh, Michael at his uh website zero zero eight studios for any of your publishing or video needs. Yeah, or if you want to read a new book, you can get one there. Yeah. Yeah. Eternal
0: crown dawning of the red sun.
1: Yeah. It's a great one. It's we great we one. have an episode about it. We have a
0: whole episode where we talk about it with Michael. It's great. We love it.
1: Yeah. We're not talking about that anymore. Cause we said we weren't. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, for him though, we fit
0: a little bit more in at the end.
1: And yeah. I guess we'll uh, say goodbye to you guys. That's
0: right. We've told him everything we need to do. We've, uh, Charlie's going to chew on that bone. So it's yeah, a good that's Yeah, That's any. a good time. Yeah. Um, for the, for the time being though, thank you to everyone who listens. Uh, I will see you, Higgins, next time, and I will see the listeners next time. Until then, I say get that egg in you, and yeah. Higgins would love to say something.
1: Uh, once upon a time, we ended the podcast. <laughs> see you guys.
0: I don't know if I like it. Get that egg in you. You can say cheers, guys. No, I do like it. Get that egg in you, Higgins. <laughs> I just need to get used to it. That's all. Get that egg in you. No, Higgins. Only one person gets that egg in them. All right. <laughs>